Welcome to the Daily Tour Podcast for the 2010 Amgen Tour of California. The Daily Tour Podcast is powered by the Fredcast Cycling Podcast and Bicycle.net and hosted by me, David Bernstein from the Fredcast Cycling Podcast. I'll be your host for daily coverage of this year's race. Once again, we'll ride with the pros and bring you coverage of some of the best bicycle racing in the world as the Peloton makes its way from Nevada City in the north to Thousand Oaks in the south. Over eight stages, 800 miles, and tens of thousands of feet of climbing. The Daily Tour is brought to you by the Fredcast Cycling Podcast at www.thefredcast.com and powered by the resources of Bicycle.net. For your weekly audio dose of cycling news, culture, interviews, product reviews, and more, listen and subscribe to the Fredcast. And for more cycling news, product reviews, original cycling essays, go to Bicycle.net or subscribe to their RSS feeds. And now, here's today's episode of the Daily Tour Podcast. The 2010 Daily Tour Podcast is sponsored by EpicPlanet.tv, producers of the Epic Rides DVD series, Virtual Bike Rides, filmed on truly epic routes in scenic locations around the world. Epic Rides DVDs are great for winter training, rainy days, or any time you want to do a concentrated indoor training session. Right now, Epic Planet is offering an amazing deal on what they're calling the Fredcast 5-Ride Bundle. All five of the current Epic Rides, Epic Vermont, Epic Acadia, Epic Saguaro East, Epic Mount Lemon, and Epic Rouge Roubaix at a truly epic price. Five DVDs or digital downloads, normally a $150 value for just $95.46. Get all five DVDs and the digital downloads, normally a $200 value for just $112.46. To get this amazing limited time price, go to epicplanet.tv slash Fred, place your order, and use the coupon code FRED at checkout. That's epicplanet.tv slash Fred, coupon code FRED, for an epic deal on epic rides. And now, let's get to today's show. Welcome back to the Daily Tour Podcast, and welcome to Stage 1 of the 2010 Amgen Tour of California. Today, the riders will go 104.3 miles, or 167.8 kilometers, as they ride mostly downhill with some undulating hills and some tricky turns from Nevada City, California, to the capital city itself, Sacramento, including three finishing circuits in downtown Sacramento. Along the way, the riders will encounter two intermediate sprints, one at Meadow Vista and one at Auburn, and one climb a Category 3 for King of the Mountains points. Before today's race, we had the opportunity to chat with a couple of people, including first up, Jim Burrell. He's the managing partner of Medalist Sports. Medalist Sports, really the folks behind all of the organization of the Amgen Tour of California. We caught up with him this morning in Nevada City. We asked Jim what effect he thought the Amgen Tour of California had on professional cycling, both here in the U.S. and around the world. 
Sure. I mean, I think you'll see, you know, the testament is with the, the caliber of field that we have here. I mean, to have all these, uh, you know, great pro riders to come here when they had an option to pick between here and the Giro to come and race on the streets of California for the next eight days is a, is a strong testament to how significant this uh, Amgen Tour California is. And to be here in Nevada City, you know, home of the second oldest uh, race in America, the Nevada City Classic going on its 50th year, is really symbolic to um, both to the state of California and the city of Nevada City. And, uh, and we're really pleased to be where we are on the calendar and really looking forward to a great uh, eight days of uh, racing. You know, Jim talked about the fact that the racers had the opportunity to go to the Giro, one of the three grand tours, as we heard Phil Liggett talking about on yesterday's podcast. Five years ago, this race was but a dream, and now racers are choosing between California and the Giro. How does that make him feel? Yeah, you're right. And, uh, you know, we mean no uh, disrespect to the Giro. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a grand tour, and, uh, and we aspire to someday be a grand tour. Uh, and uh, we will, you know, continue to work hard, strive hard to, to become a grand tour. But, it, again, you know, the state of California, Amgen and AEG, I mean, all the ingredients to, to, to be successful, those resources are available to us, and we're certainly using it to, uh, to the best advantage uh, of the sport. In, uh, in the state and all of our sponsors. And finally, five years into the Amgen Tour of California, what is that one moment that Jim Burrell will never forget? Oh, God, there's so many. You know, I mean, 2006, you know, to start off uh, with a, a new sponsor, a new state, a new partner, I, I mean, and then on top of all of that, to be in February with eight straight days of blue skies and sunshine. I mean, the stars lined up for us, and it really um, kind of became the foundation to, to greatness that this, this race has achieved in its short uh, five-year history. We then had the opportunity this morning to go to the other major partner involved in putting on the Amgen Tour of California, and that is AEG Entertainment Group. We had the opportunity to speak with Andrew Messick. We asked him about what he thought the significance of the Tour of California was to the world of cycling. Well, we're delighted to be in Nevada City. The Nevada City Classic is, is one of the oldest races in America. It's, you know, it has been for 50 years uh, an important part of the American cycling establishment, and it, this is a community that has, for generations of for generations of cyclists, been, been a place that has uh, started and supported their careers. So, for our new race to be able to, you know, to, to marry some of that experience and, and some of that history makes all the sense in the world for us. Like our question to Jim Burrell about the fact that the Tour of California was a dream before five years ago, we asked Andrew Messick something a little bit different, and that was about uh, sort of a, as a father or a mother would be having a lot of pride about a child. What are his feelings about the 2010 Tour of California? Well, it's been a lot of work by, by a lot of people, and I, I think it validated the, the the bet that we made as a company that America, and, and, and California in particular, you know, can support a world-class bike race, and that there's there are there are people who care about cycling, the, the roads are good, the organization's good, there's lots of great places to ride, and we've been able to capture the imagination of uh, the cycling community in the world and people want to be here and uh, and already you know hours until we go Nevada City is packed 
and we're going to have a great we're going to have a great time. For many people in the United States, when they think of cycling, they think of a man, Lance Armstrong, and a race, the Tour of California. The question to Messick was: Was it the intention to become the face of American cycling? No, I mean we, we don't we don't want to be the, the face of American cycling. I think we, we want our race to be one of the most important races in the world, and you know, we've put a lot of effort and you know worked really hard for for five years to, to try to create and turn this into a, a race that we think the state of California deserves, which is you know, one of the, the best races in the world. Despite Andrew's gentlemanly answer, we wanted to know what the Amgen Tour of California is doing this year to raise the bar for professional bike racing in the United States and what is to come in the future. I think there's some new parts of the state we want to get to, some places we haven't been before, some places we want to get back to. Uh, we want to continue to have the best riders in the world, and we want to continue to, to have great racing. And I think that as we as we do that, we're going to be able to continue to bring in great fields. We're going to be able to bring in more fans. We're going to be able to expose bicycling uh, to more people. And with a bit of luck, we'll we'll be able to to keep our sport healthy and and get boys and girls and moms and dads riding their bikes a little bit more. That would be pretty good. Speaking of great teams and great racers. Here at the 2010 Amgen Tour of California, we had the chance to catch up with cycling legend Bjarne Ries, former winner of the Tour de France and now owner and manager of Team Saxo Bank. Team Saxo Bank has had a great start to the season. Fabian Consolara winning the Tour of Flanders and Perry Roubaix. And so our question for Bjarne Ries was, just how proud are you? of the early season successes you've seen with your team. Yeah, the team is good and uh, I mean, I'm very happy for our results. It's going very good. We had a strong classic season with Fabian, of course, and uh, yeah, now I look forward to, to racing in the, in the stage. We didn't have much time to speak with Bjarne this morning, so we just had one more question for him, and that was, are you excited to be back in the state of California? Yeah, it's fantastic. The weather is with us, so it's, it's cool. And finally today, we had the opportunity to catch up with Phil Sutherland from Team Type 1. Pretty big deal for Team Type 1 to be racing among some of the best in the world, and we wanted to know Phil's thoughts on that subject here at the Amgen Tour of California. Yeah, the Amgen California is the premier bicycle race in America. Uh, it's got the most eyes on it, the most people watching you know, from all around the world. And for us to, to be here, is is phenomenal because we get to test ourselves against the best riders in the world and you know we are aiming to be one of the best teams in the world so it's a good good gauge on many levels of where we are and where we need to be uh but more importantly you know if we can win in front of all these eyes then it can really show the kind of team that we are and that's it's a privilege to be here uh but it'll be even greater privilege if we can be standing on the podium here so we couldn't let that go. Talking about the podium, we wanted to know from Phil what exactly are the team's goals here at the race this year. Yeah, the goals. Yeah, we we want stage wins, you know, and we want. We've got a few different riders. We we got a more well-rounded team this year, and you know, we've got a couple sprinters, a couple climbers, a couple GC possibilities, and then are just all-around attacker guys. So we want to be the team that's making the break, taking the KOM points. Uh, today, stage one, we have a great chance with Aldo Eno, Ilsiak, and Ken Hansen for a stage win. Uh, and then, you know, my 
my prize of the race is Javier Mejias Leal, uh, who's you know arguably the best Type One bike racer, Type One athlete in the world, and he said since training camp that he wants a stage win in the Tour of California. And for us, that's a big change because we've been in the Tour of California with Type One riders before. But yeah, you know, we were we were here. We were yeah you know, not not here with the goal for a Type One to win. And if Javier could win. Uh, or even you know, get on the podium one of these days. It would be uh, worldwide visibility about what you can do with good control of your diabetes, and that—that's the message we want to get out, and we want to inspire millions of people to get on the bike to take control, uh, and also get on the bike to prevent diabetes, which that affects that's 43 percent of the population in America right now. Last year, Phil Sutherland was on a bike as a racer, and this year he's not. We wanted to hear a little bit about that and find out how it has affected. Phil Sutherland. I got to admit, I'm a little jealous to not be riding this year, uh, to not be part of that, that madness and not have physical fitness as the number one goal in my life. Uh, you know, I had an injury that iliac endofibrosis that took me off the bike, and it was about this time last year that I knew I would never race a bicycle competitively again. Uh, and for a while, that was a real deep, dark place for me. Uh, I was very frustrating and upsetting, but you know, Everything happens for a reason. We've all got our place in this earth, and you know, now I've got been able to focus 100% on the the branding, the visibility of Team Type One, you know, partnerships and with the different diabetes uh, groups around the world, and really trying to expand Team Type One, not just an American organization, but a global resource for people with diabetes. And uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's you know, management uh, is a different different role, but you know, I've been just traveling around the globe trying to ensure that you know, everyone in the world knows about this team. And it's exciting. And now we've got Javier Mejias Lil uh, competing here. You know, Aldo Eno going for a stage win. We have Martijn Verschur as a type one from Holland. We've built a development team that's got six type two or six cat two type type one riders. Uh, and also team type two, eight, 18 guys you know on team type two uh, out there to show people that it's never too late to make change so it's it's been an exciting year a big change but you know, I, I couldn't be happier right now of course team type one has a definite message that they'd like to get out to not just racing fans but the public in general and we asked phil if he could explain what that message is first and foremost it's you know to get out the healthy and active lifestyle and that diabetes you know exercise is a great way to take control of your diabetes and yeah, what better way to do that than by having a rider from Team Type One stand atop the podium and set, tell the world that we're we're a kick-ass bike racing team and we're we're here to win and we're here to win again and again and again. So it's they they go you know they coincide very nicely uh, and they align. You know, it's a perfect alignment of of goals because one feeds the other and bike racing and diabetes are very similar in that. You know, you're going to fail a lot in both games. You're going to mess up your insulin dosage, and you're going to have a high blood sugar or have a low blood sugar. Same thing in a bike race. You might attack too early, start the sprint too early, start the sprint too late. But it's all about learning lessons from what you did wrong today. Do it better tomorrow. And so the, the bike racers, kind of they, they've got an ingrained knowledge of what we, would, as people with diabetes, you know, struggle with. Uh, and then they help us to spread the message to the people around the world to, to say that, you know, we're just like them. You know, just because Javier is racing the Tour of California, it doesn't mean that his blood sugar control, he doesn't have the same struggles that someone who's sitting at home right now does. 
And we like to let people know that we're normal, just like they are. But with hard work and by correct, making corrections of the mistakes you made today to do it better tomorrow, do it better the next day, you, know, you can really live a great life with this disease. Moving to this race in particular, some of the best racers, some of the best teams in the world are here. And for a team like Team Type 1, how do they strategize to go up against, say, a Mark Cavendish and an HTC? Well, you know, with competing against Columbia in the sprint train, it, it takes a little pressure off the rest of the team because we know that we're not going to have to be the team setting up the train 25Ks out and keeping the race together. Columbia is going to do that for us. Now, the trick is it's going to be fighting for Cavendish's wheel, getting close to his wheel, and setting things up for that last you know, 650 meters, which is what it is from the last turn. We're fortunate that uh, we've got two criterium specialists who have really improved their endurance. They've lost weight. They're, they've got road fitness. They've got sprint fitness. They've done stage races. So we're going to use our criterium skills through those last corners because it is, you know, it's a 3K loop that we do three times. So that'll, that'll benefit our guys just a touch. And then, you know, everyone on the team is there to set Ken and Aldo up. And Ken and Aldo, they've got this communication between the two of them that they know who's going to be better that day. They talk about it, and whoever's better is going to be the last guy. Uh, and so we've got a full team committed to delivering them, those two, to the right position to go for that win. And you know, Cavendish is unbeatable. He's a, you know, he has been unbeatable last year. He's a phenomenal sprinter. He's got a great team. So it's going to be a huge challenge to beat him. But uh, other people have proven this year that he is, he is beatable. And Aldo and Ken have both proven time and time again this year that they can win bike races. So they're not scared. They're not intimidated. We all put our pants on one leg at a time. Uh, and we're going to give it hell to try, try and come around Mark there at the end of the race. Standing there looking at Phil, it was pretty clear that he's pretty pumped for this race. And so we just wanted to get a couple more comments from him on what it means to be here with his team against these other teams. I mean, it's it's an opportunity for us to win a stage against the best people in the world, they the best of the best in the world. And, you know, I just got back from the Giro d'Italia. You know, if I think if I do things right, you know, on the fundraising side, on the management side, on the hiring side, we can be in that bike race next year. We can have five billion eyes on Team Type 1 you know, spreading the message of this team. You know, but it's up to the guys now here at the Tour of California, and I feel good about that because we got some damn good riders who are really motivated, and we, we had a hard selection picking the right team you know, from this race because we could have taken 13 riders from Team Type 1 all capable of doing this race, but we took the eight best. And so we've got the eight best riders on our team here, and they all know that they're here because they're the best, and you know, they're, they know they're here to win. You know, that's For us, winning has been, become something that we've kind of grown accustomed to, and we ex we expect it. It doesn't matter if we're racing on Criterium uh, on Tuesday night, and then you know the Atlanta World Championships, or if we're racing you know, the Tour of California against you know Columbia, Cervelo, you know Radio Shack, and the rest of the world. We we're here to win. I, I feel like we can do it. You know, and it, it it feels good to you know it feels damn good to be there. Uh, and that yeah, I mean that's all I gotta say about that is we we come here with big expectations and. You know, being here is one thing, winning here, uh, that just opens up a whole new can of worms for us. And of course, we wish Phil and Team Type 1 and all the teams a whole lot of luck in this year's Amgen Tour of California.
Well, it's time to get to the stage report for today's stage one from Nevada City to Sacramento. And you know, just like Phil talked about before the race today, Team HTC Columbia was at the front of this race almost from the get-go, trying to get their man, Mark Cavendish, across the line before anyone else. Within the first 20 miles of today's race, a four-man break had formed consisting of Paul Mock from Team Bissell, Chad Beyer from BMC, Mark DeMar from United Healthcare, sponsored by Maxis, and Martin Chalingi from Team Robobank. And that quartet stayed away, well, pretty much until we got into those three finishing circuits around the streets of Sacramento. And then it was time for Team HTC Columbia to do all that they could to get their man, Mark Cavendish, across the line before any other racer. And at the line, Cavendish pulled around from his train behind his trusty leadout man, Mark Renshaw, coming across the line in first place on today's stage, just ahead of Team Saxo Bank's J.J. Hiedo, and he just ahead of Team BMC's Alexander Kristoff. Rounding out the top 10 in today's first stage from Nevada City to Sacramento in fourth place, Robbie Hunter from Garmin Transitions. In fifth, Jonathan Cantwell from Fly V Australia. In sixth, Marcus Burghardt from Team BMC. In seventh, Guillaume Boivin. In eighth, Andreas Stoff. In ninth, Nicholas Mays. And in tenth, Thomas Leeser from Team Rabobank. So Mark Cavendish wears the first golden leader's jersey of the 2010 Amgen Tour of California. J.J. Hiedo is four seconds behind him in the general classification. Alexander Kristoff is six seconds back. Martin Chalingi from Team Rabobank is six seconds back. And in fifth, it's Mark DeMar, seven seconds back. Mark Cavendish leads for the points classification. And since he'll be wearing the golden jersey tomorrow, J.J. Hiedo in second place with 12 points, three points back of Mark Cavendish, J.J. Hiedo will be wearing the green points jersey going into stage two. Our best young rider is Alexander Kristoff. And leading in the King of the Mountains points, it's Paul Mock from Team Bissell. One note from the finishing circuits of today's race, just a couple of kilometers from the finish, there was a crash. Tom Bonin hit the deck, so did George Hincappy, Jens Voigt, and others. All of them finished coming across the line with scrapes, bumps, bruises, and some torn kit. Hopefully, all of them will be on the line tomorrow. Also, one other note. Fabian Consolara came into today's stage having said that he was a bit under the weather. We'll see tomorrow how he's feeling. Consolara did finish today's stage, and hopefully, he will be back up to speed for that time trial on Saturday in downtown Los Angeles. The star of today's press conference was none other than Mark Cavendish. First question going to Cavendish, the Manx missile was, tell us about that lead out and coming into those circuits in Sacramento. Yeah, you know, we took control of of the race all day with uh, Bert and Lars and uh, we had to keep the gap down and then just control to the finish. But, uh, you know, we were getting a uh, not really, yeah, there's a couple of guys, a couple of teams helped us, but a couple of the other inexperienced teams, you know, were trying to take over, but, you know, we we got the experience, we know not to take over too early or too late, and uh, 
and we've got a team of eight guys and uh, so we were getting swamped a few times on the circuits of some guys taking big risks but you know all I have to do is follow Mark Renshaw's wheel or Mark has to do is follow Bernie's wheel or Bernie has to do is follow Tony's wheel or Tony has to do is follow Mick's wheel and all Mick has to do is you know it just just goes like that and everybody has trust in the guys in front of them and uh, it makes my job a hell of a lot easier okay I'm crossing the line first but uh, like I say every time I'm just just on the podium and wearing this jersey on behalf of the seven other guys with me so Earlier this year, Mark Cavendish was pulled from the Tour de Romandie by his team because of a victory salute that he made that some considered to be obscene. So the question to Mark was, hmm, your victory salute looked a little muted today. Was that by design? Yeah, you know, I was going to celebrate three wins this year, you know, and uh, I didn't do it, you know, so <laughs> I just did a normal celebration. <laughs> well, to be honest, I don't really think about my celebrations too much early on. Um, you know, like I, I always say, if you read my book, Boy Racer, then it explains about uh, how, you know, I've got nowhere. Here it is. It's out in America now. They updated copy. I'm going to be doing some book signings, I think, towards the end of the tour or even after the tour. I'll, dates will be known about that and, and places, but it's a good book. And uh, <laughs> if you read that, I'll, I'll explain about my emotional side of that, how I switch that off in a race. And uh, as soon as I cross the line, it comes out and... Uh, most things are pretty impromptu, you know. It's just all that emotion that's built up inside me coming out. And, uh, and yeah, it might look staged, but it's kind of not, you know. I've still got to cross the line first, and uh, maybe I'm a quick thinker at something. But, uh, but yeah, they're pretty impromptu, so. At the press conference, someone remarked that they felt that when they looked at the race Bible for this race, they thought, mm, this stage one, this is a Mark Cavendish stage. It has his earmarks all over it. The question was... Mark, if everybody expected you to win this stage, how does it feel to just do what's expected of you? I don't know, really. You know, uh, like I said, it's not really what's expected of me, it's what's expected of uh, the eight of us. And uh, like I always say, if it's time and time again, you know, in the Tour de France, there's nine guys, in this race, there's eight guys. And uh, if you can just consistently have eight guys, not making a mistake, you know, that's pretty, pretty big thing. And, uh, and yeah, so it's on behalf of them. And I'm lucky that I can trust those guys in front of me and, uh, and they deliver me perfect, you know, and, uh, it's, uh, that's it really, you know, it's not really satisfaction that I'm doing what I'm doing because I know that if I'm delivered to the right place and I will, then I will cross the line first, but, uh, you know, it's a satisfying, the most satisfying feeling isn't me crossing line first, but just knowing that I can rely on the guys in front of me to deliver me to that place. And, uh, and that's a pretty, pretty special thing to, to be satisfied with. I think. As I mentioned earlier, a number of riders went down in that finishing circuit, and Mark was asked to comment on his view of that portion of the course. The circuit itself isn't dangerous. It's the, uh, you know, it's the mayhem that's going on that's dangerous. I didn't see anything, you know, like um, always when you take control of the race, when you're at the front, you you know, uh, you're in the best position. And uh, and so that's good. My team keeps me down, keeps me out of trouble. Uh, there was a lot of people coming up, dive bombing on the corners, you know, and uh, I, I thought when we came on the circuit, there's going to be a crash, not because of the circuit, but because just how the risk some people taking, you know, it's one thing to put yourself at risk, but it's another thing to put the pellet on at risk, you know. And, 
you know, maybe yeah, in my former years I did the same, you know, but I'm putting the in a position now that I'm out of that trouble, which is quite good. And finally, Mark was asked what this victory means to him personally and what it means as far as his chances for repeating his 2009 success in the Tour de France. You know, it was always uh, after my problems in the winter, uh, we put everything on the Tour de France and uh, I'm working towards that. And uh, so, you know, I didn't go to some races that I could sprint in. So people got confused and thought that I was actually getting beaten in sprints. The fact was I wasn't doing any sprints. So that's why I wasn't winning. And uh, finally, when I do the sprint, yeah, I win. And uh, this was a big, first big target before the Tour de France to, to test the form of myself and the team. You know, we've got uh, we got the the best guys here. You know, we've got the best best chances of uh, winning at this race. And uh, and yeah, it's a it's a Californian team. We got American sponsors, and uh, and so it's a big it's a big thing for us. So uh, it's always an important race, and. Uh, we saw the first stage was going to be a, a bunch sprint, you know, we always had HCC written on the on the finish, you know, and uh, I know we're happy we could finish it off like that, and uh, it's a big boost, you know. I think uh, it gave me massive confidence in the team for the Tour de France. To be honest, uh, there's still seven weeks to go to the Tour, and uh, I was struggling a bit behind my train, to be honest, and uh, so that gives me every confidence that you know we're going to be flying in the tour and uh, and hopefully do the same things we did today so that's good and so that wraps it up for mark cavendish the winner of stage one of the 2010 amgen tour of california tomorrow it's stage two from davis to santa rosa and what would the tour of california be without rain Yes, there's a 60% chance of rain in Santa Rosa for the finish right there in downtown with all those throngs who I hope are not going to get wet again. Tomorrow's stage is 110.1 miles, 177.2 kilometers. Along the way, two intermediate sprints and four climbs. One cat four, one cat three, and two category two climbs, specifically Howell Mountain, and Trinity Grade. Remember, Santa Rosa is the hometown of Levi Leipheimer, the three-time champion of this race. He knows these roads. This is his hometown crowd. We'll see whether or not any of that will affect tomorrow's results, but we will have those results right here on the Daily Tour Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Daily Tour Podcast, brought to you by the Fredcast Cycling Podcast at www.thefredcast.com and powered by the resources of Bicycle.net. If you'd like to comment on today's show, please send an email to thefredcast at gmail.com or to jt at bicycle.net. This is your host, David Bernstein, from the Fredcast Cycling Podcast. So long from the 2010 Amgen Tour of California, and thanks for listening.